49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone horse is in the house which means we're gonna go slightly off sides because that's what horse does uh you see the line uh he goes over it all the time horse what's up man how you doing grab a game face on ready big week it's a big week. super bowl week haven't won one since i was in kindergarten wow you were in kindergarten in 1994 Jason had already graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, he was my he was my janitor. Yeah. Uh so horse 49ers got it done. We 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 talked about it last week. A big win over the Lions. And the the big uh, the big games don't stop. Uh, you get to the Super Bowl and you have waiting for you Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and you have Andy Reid. And so the 49ers know this is gonna be a tough test. Uh Pick but, the least athletic one out of those three. Yeah. So, yeah. so how you feeling? How how you feeling about this matchup? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling nervous? Uh, what's your overall uh, take? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is what he is. He's great quarterback. Going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame type guy. Travis Kelsey's the same thing. You know, first ballot Hall of Fame type guy. Andy Reid is also first ballot Hall of Fame type guy. Um, you generally don't get to the Super Bowl and face easy competition. It is what it is. Now, I don't think they're better than the 49ers as a group, as a team, um, but those two guys can play some ball, and if you don't you know, keep them in check, they can cause you a lot of hurt. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, this is this is the kind of matchup you were going to get in the Super Bowl, no oh, matter yes. what. It was It's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and, and Travis Kelsey, or it would have been Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh and that impressive defense, yeah. or it would have been Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and, and that impressive Bills team. It was just going to be a tough team no matter what. Always. And so now you're in the Super Bowl, and these are the opportunities that you have to win big-time games. And the 49ers are going to have to go out there and get it done. And they have the tools. They have the pieces. They have the coach to go get it done. Now it's just, hey, it's time to push those chips to the middle and just go make it happen. Yeah, this is the, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. I hate this word, but I can't think of a better word for it. To immortalize yourself among the game's greats. Yeah. Um, this is their chance. As we talked about before, you know, how much we love the Harbaugh era, you know, the Willis, the Gores, the Joe Staley's, Alex Smith's. As much as we love them, it's hard to attach yourself as much to that team as the 80s and early 90s teams because they never got it done. This is this group, you know, the Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo, the guys that have been there for a while now. This is their chance to um, stick with Niner fans forever. Yeah, and you remember differently when you win the big game. And that's exactly how these players want to be remembered. But more so, they just want to reach the pinnacle of you know this this sport. That's I what mean, they want to do. They want to win the big game. You have a guy, Trent Williams, what's in his 14th year, 13th yeah, year? Yeah, 14th year. And, I mean, he played his first 10 on the Redskins playing in, like, one playoff game. Excuse me. It's okay. I apologize. I, that I mean, was offsides of me. Most of the time that he was there, they were the Redskins, so uh, it's entirely accurate. But, you know, experiencing not much winning. 
That's a guy that would probably do, I mean, I don't know him, but it's a guy that would probably do just about anything to get a ring. Yeah, I mean, that's why he wanted to be hooked up with Kyle, because he knew that it gave him the best opportunity to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's crazy to believe that here you have a, a perennial All-Pro, a future Hall of Famer, and this is his first opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. It just shows it doesn't happen that often. Of course, 49ers, we're, we're spoiled because the 49ers have been to the Super Bowl a lot. Seven, and, right? This is going to be, yeah, the eighth time. There's a lot of opportunities for the 49ers, so um, we're sitting in a good spot, and they got a good yeah, chance to win this game. Bold. Yeah, and Anquan Bolden made some big plays in 2012. Uh, not not something I want to remember, but horse. One thing I got to do is I got to talk about bet online. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering info. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And you do it online. You do it online, horse. Do you like? Uh, do you bet online? I haven't, but after that, I think I'm going. You heard it here. You need to join horse and 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 bet online. Uh, it, it's it's the best way to go. Sounds like it. And horse, let's talk about this game now because some of the pressing issues when you look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they have standout players, and one of those players is Chris Jones. And I think Chris Jones is the top two tackles in the entire league. I think Aaron Donald and Chris Jones are kind of in rare air. I would agree with that. And uh, Jones is going to present a lot of problems for this 49ers interior offensive line. And it looks like he's primarily going to be lined up over John Feliciano. Uh, what do you think about Jones, the prospects of him against Brendel, Feliciano, and Banks? Well, if I was the Chiefs, that's exactly where I'd line him up. Um, that's definitely the perceived weakness of their line is the right side. Um, you know, Chris Jones is what he is. Chris Jones is what, you know, the rarefied air, what you call a game record, which, you know, for those of you who don't coach or have that much knowledge, it means a guy that if you don't focus on him can wreck your game, can totally take over a game from the defensive tackle spot. Um, the good news about that, as you said, he's the second best tackle in the league. They play the first best one a lot. So I'm sure they'll be using similar schemes that they use on Aaron Donald on Chris Jones. Yeah, you're right. That does give them an advantage. They're used it really to, does. They're used to seeing a player that has this kind of talent. Uh, and Chris Jones has it all, right? He has the speed to get off the ball really quickly. He has violent hands. He has the strength to be able to move you off your spot. But he also has the ability to disengage in a heartbeat and, get, and be able to be a run stopper. Big enough to run stop, big enough to take on double teams, and then quick enough to win on one-on-one -on -one situations and get to the quarterback. All the while, he can still get down the line of scrimmage and make plays on running backs and take away screens. He's just a complete defensive player. Yeah, Chris Jones is an absolute dog. Yeah. He, um, he, remember what I said about Kelsey Reed and uh, Mahomes? You can throw him on there on that first ballot Hall of Fame Yeah, it, the list as well. The interesting part is, from 2019, there's three players... Uh, that are core players that are still on this team. And Chris Jones, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes are those three guys. Of course, Harrison Bucker, you could put in that Edward list as well. Uh, Nick Allegretti, um, also a, a player that's on that list. So there's there's players that are still there, but the three main cogs are those big yeah. three that we just talked about. And Feliciano has went against uh, Chris Jones a lot. 
And I think if there's one area that I like about Feliciano's game when going against Jones is his ability to anchor in pass rush because we don't want to see Brock Purdy have somebody push right into his uh, foot, right into his lap and, and cause some real problems with his footwork. So do you think that he can hold up against Chris Jones and that, and that pass rush? Yeah, I between his, like you said, thankfully one of Feliciano's strengths is his strength. And, you know, especially in past sets, between that and Kyle's ability to coach around great defensive players, I think they'll be okay. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Chris Jones won't have a sack or, you know, make a big play in the game. It's almost impossible to keep a guy like that off the stat sheet. You know, but I think they can do a good enough job on him where he doesn't come in and wreck the game. Yeah, and I want to know if you have any uh, worries about when they line him up at defensive end because they did this to Mike McGlinchey in 2022. Uh, it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to do it at some point against Cole McKivitz. You're going to get Chris Jones lined up on McKivitz. Do you think corners have to chip, uh, give help in every opportunity, or do you think Cole McKivitz can get it done? I think McKivitz can do a good enough job. Um, to me, I think I don't, if I'm the D coordinator, I wouldn't put Jones out there. Um, to me, obviously he's a stud, but to me, he's a step slower than most defensive ends. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And it takes him off the point of the ball, or if it's a pass play, now Purdy can step up in the pocket. That's why they say, you know, that the worst pressure you can get is right up the middle because you, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, you obviously you have your Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, you know, freaks that can make guys look stupid no matter what. But Brock Purdy's not that type of athlete. He's a good athlete, and he can definitely, you know, get out of harm's way. But when harm's way is coming right through the A-gap, it's generally much harder to get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, generally, that's the idea. You push the pocket up the middle, then you create... Uh, this is why we paid Javon Hargrave so much. The speed around the outside, and that's when you can collapse a pocket on a quarterback. Um, I think we're going to see it, but the main reason I think we're going to see it is because Charles Aminahue is going to be out. And Charles Aminahue was... Uh, their best pass rusher this season. He I was, thought so. He was getting home at the fastest rate, 2.2% uh, of his snaps. He got home to the quarterback. That's better than Chris Jones. I think this is a significant loss, of course, because now, yes, you still have good players out on the outside, uh, but not having Charles Aminahue definitely sets the, the Chiefs defense back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you were, I'm sure you remember how big a fan I was of Aminahue when yeah. he was on the 49ers. The guy's a stud, man. The guy's he's explosive he was still you know getting his technique refined and he's really been putting it together for the Chiefs this year he's had a nice year for them um unfortunate to see him go down good player and good dude but um it definitely works in the Niners advantage to not have to face him this week. yeah because a part of the reason they were able to put Chris Jones out there uh was because a minute could play from the inside we saw him do it that Arden key role that he did with San Francisco and he was doing it out there in Kansas City, but now he's gone. And, of course, with that goes a good, very good pass rusher, but also a guy that is very versatile. Now you're looking at this Kansas City defensive line, and it's it's still good, but I think they have some depth issues. Yeah, I think your front four there, especially Karloftis, um, Karloftis and Jones are a problem. Um, but the other two guys, um, Mike Dana and Sean Wharton, are... You know, they're very solid players. That top four is a good group. Problem is, if they get into a grueling, grinding game, their backups don't have a whole lot of experience. 
Um, you know, this is a team that you're kind of surprised once you look at their depth chart that they didn't give Indomitian Sue a call before the playoffs. You know, or I'm sure there's other guys sitting out that I just, you know, that would be willing to play. But, man, they're thin. They're paper thin, especially on the interior. And the Niners, you know, as we all know, love to run that football. They get that run game going. Those big guys having to play more than five, six plays in a row. Um, you're going to see a lot of this, and there ain't too much <laughs> that can come in. I mean, Chris Jones can't play every snap. Yeah. So that, to me, that's a key advantage for the Niners is they need to go on those drives and tire, tire those guys out because you tire those guys out, all of a sudden Brock Purdy's got all day to throw, and the running lanes are going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, and I mean, they struggle to stop the run. One area they stop, they, they struggle a lot is behind the left tackle. Uh, 49ers have the best left tackle in football. They're going to be running right behind him a lot in this game, and Mike Dana is going to have to deal with it. And that's not good news for them because you look at those top four guys and you're right. I mean, they're they're pretty good, right? You throw Wharton in there. Uh, they got some talent there. They got guys who can get after the quarterback, Dana, six and a half sacks. Um, and, you know, and then double digits for, you know, Chris Jones and Carol Loftus. So very good. But the 49ers are planning on running the football anyways. They're planning on running right at Mike Dana. And that could be a, a real problem for the Chiefs. If the 49ers start gashing them, just like you brought up, uh, a war of attrition might get to Kansas City. And, you know, Chris Jones is going to play, what, every single snap of this game? Well, if this game is close, uh, going into the fourth quarter, and the 49ers are grinding the football on the ground, you got to think at some point they're going to have a huge breakthrough and really start gashing this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's with the size and power and everything they're doing, defensive linemen just aren't built to play that many snaps, especially interior ones. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And, you know, when you've got to consistently be chasing Christian McCaffrey around, it's not easy. And so... I think that's going to be a, a real problem in this game. And I think death. them stopping the Ravens run game excuse me, was a little bit... The Ravens having the number one run game or however high their run game was ranked this year is a little deceiving because a lot of their yards come on um, Lamar Jackson scrambles. They don't necessarily come on base run plays, which there's nothing wrong with it. Lamar's a freak. Use it. Yeah. But... Stopping their run game is different than stopping the 49ers run game where they're coming right at you. So, you know, Lamar pats their running stats a lot where, you know, where, so say they only ran for 80 yards, you're holding them, you're holding them. Lamar breaks 125, 30-yard run. Now they ran for 110 yards on you. Yeah. And on the statistics. So that's what I'm saying is, that their yard stats are a little bit padded rushing. So stopping them is, if for the Niners fans that are a little bit worried because they did do a good job of stopping them, whole different ballgame. Well, I think it's also an anomaly. If you look at Miami, Miami rushed for over 150 yards uh, in the wildcard round against the Chiefs. And then the Buffalo Bills rushed for over 140 yards in the divisional round. And that was a situation where they were running for 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, that's that's getting gashed. And so they held on for dear life, and they were able to win that game. And the 49ers have had tough games, too, and been able to hold on. So I'm not taking that against them. But I think you're finding an avenue the 49ers can consistently win is running the football. I would agree that they have to. And if McCaffrey gets 75 yards in this game, the 49ers have a good chance to win. They're 12-1 and when McCaffrey rushes for 75 yards or more. Oh, it's that. 
You know, you could bet online with stats like that. You, you definitely can. If you think Christian McCaffrey is going to do that, bet online is the one for you. Of course, let's flip it to the other side and talk about the offense a little bit uh, as far as Kansas City's offense. Uh, but the 49ers defense, because Joe Thune, it doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, Andy Reid said it was going to be a, a long shot for him to be able to get out there, which means it's going to be Nick Allegretti. And Allegretti got a lot of snaps in the 49ers uh, you know, Super Bowl in 2019. So he's a guy that knows how to play against the 49ers style of defense, different players, of course, right now. Uh, but let's talk about that. You've got no Thune, and then you've got Jawan Taylor versus Nick Bosa. Who likes uh, to hold a lot, according Nick, to Bosa. He does like to hold a lot, and then that's just a fact. He has like 23 penalties this year. Uh, Jawan Taylor is the most penalized offensive lineman in the entire league. Yeah, that's a terrible matchup for Kansas City. Um, Jawan Taylor, and the problem is, See, here's the whole problem, where how far it extends with Javon Taylor being their weakest guy. So now he's got to face Nick Bosa. He's not going to block Nick Bosa one-on-one. So that means you have to chip and help, right? Well, your chip guy is going to be Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's their main weapon. This is not the team that had Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, where they were so loaded that it was scary. You're either going to have to send your back, or you're going to have to send Travis Kelsey over there to help. And they use their back to throw two more than their two receivers. Um, So it's really good. To me, that really affects their game plan, because if they try to block Bosa one-on-one with Juwan Taylor, I, I pray that they try that. that. That'll that end real bad. That'll end with Mahomes in the dirt a lot. Yeah, so in 2022, what they tried to do was cut his legs. So they would get there with a the running back, cut his legs. Um, I think you could get probably some wide receivers that are going to help chip on the wide nine. You, I mean, if it's Travis Kelsey, you got to think the four years are feeling pretty good about that. Uh, just locate him once he releases and go pick him up. But, I mean, you're right. This is one of those instances where they're going to have to put a lot of focus on helping Juwan Taylor with Nick Bosa. And I think there's going to be plays where Bosa gets one-on-one and he absolutely smokes him, Horst. I, I just I think there's going to be opportunities for Bosa to just go right around him and get home, and I even think he can get underneath him and walk him back to the quarterback. I, I think this is a bad matchup for Jawan Taylor. Yeah, well, he's a bad matchup for a lot of people, but yeah, Jawan Taylor, um, he's in trouble. And let's talk about Nick Allegretti. He's going to be going against Javon Hargrave. Uh, is this advantage Hargrave, or how much Creed Humphrey are you going to get helping out? I would assume you're going to see a lot of Creed Humphrey that way. I think the way you offset that is if you could line, um, hopefully when they get the chance, they can line whatever D tackles over him on a three technique or even a two. That way it's a hard reach block for Allegretti. Or, uh, Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey, who is a very good player. Yeah, very good. So um, I think there's ways to take advantage of that. And I think that's another bad matchup for them. Yeah, I think the 49ers defensive line is well-equipped to go against Kansas City. Uh, this could be a battle they win, but Horst, if they're going to win this battle, the defense has to be better stopping the run. Yes. You've been defensive coordinator before. you put together game plans to stop run games, especially outside run games. Uh, what would be your method if you were the if Steve Wilkes to, to go ahead and stopping the outside attack? And we know Andy Reid's going to try using uh, Isaiah Pacheco and using Nicole Hardman. So my honest opinion, I think he's gotten a little fancy with having it be others in the defensive end's responsibility to set the edge. 
think if you kind of get back to more old school base football with using Chase Young, Bosa, those guys, mm-hmm. to set the edge, I think you're going to see better results in that situation. I mean, would you move them off of their wide nine? Would you move them in, in, inside more? Potentially? I would play with it a little bit. Yeah, I, I think this is interesting because I don't think the 49ers force defenders did a really good job in that game. No. I didn't think the guys running the alley played it particularly well. I thought there was some lack of execution. Uh, one thing that I've recommended that I think they I, I would employ if I was Steve Wilkes was edging out my defenders, my linebackers, just a little bit on the outside to prevent angles from where they can get blocked from the outside. Uh, that way they could either go underneath or over those wide receivers that are trying to block them in, or in some cases, Travis Kelsey. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think it would leave us too vulnerable to the run up the middle? No, I think it's a great idea because I think the 49ers linebackers speed allows them to get back into the play on runs up the middle. Cause Pacheco's a good, hard, solid runner, but he ain't Chris or uh, what's his name? Chris Johnson. Like he ain't going to be in a four, two, four, three guy. Um, they can get back in and make plays. But yeah. on those outside runs, they really struggled. Um, Greenlaw looked like he was stuck in mud the first half last week. And so, you know, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think for whatever reason, I don't know what it was. Dre Greenlaw was uh, just standing in place. I, I don't know if that was what they wanted him to do. He was worried about Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, what exactly the call was. But they turned him loose in the second half, and that's when he really got into stopping the run. The 49ers were much better in the second half. They're going to have to be really good against Kansas City. Um, but it's going to, a lot of it's going to come down to execution. Some little subtle adjustments from Wilkes at times could put them in the proper spots to be successful. But um, if you don't stop the run, you're going to have a long day against Patrick Mahomes yes. and the Chiefs. And let's talk about Patrick Mahomes in this way. Uh, it's been brought up that maybe the 49ers should think about spying Patrick Mahomes. Of course, would you spy Patrick Mahomes uh, if you were play if you were coaching against him? I'd have it mixed in, but I wouldn't do it all the time. Um, I think he when he moves around, he's more looking to extend a play and throw the ball. He's not looking to take off for big runs. Not saying he's not capable, but he doesn't do it very often. It's not like Lamar Jackson or even Josh Allen. Or even Brock Birdie, as I saw last week. <laughs> but, um, so no, in that regard, I wouldn't do it too much. I might mix it in here and there, but I think you're wasting a defender that could be used to stop their pass. Yeah, that's my concern. If you're spying Patrick Mahomes, uh, is that an extra defender that was supposed to be on Travis Kelsey? Uh, is that an extra guy picking up Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield? Is that a guy that was going to cover underneath on Rasheed, uh, Rasheed Rice as he's going over the middle? that's where you start having worries about that. Yes, Patrick Mahomes can beat you if he extends the play and gets outside the pocket. Uh, Yes, he can use his legs to scramble, get yards. But I think that comes down to more defensive pass rush integrity uh, than it comes down to making sure you spy him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Everyone, It's a game where everyone has to stay disciplined and stay in their lanes and not try to do too much. But, Horse, if you were putting together an offensive game plan to go against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, uh, what would it look like? Three letters, R-U-N. R-U-N, run CMC? Yeah, I would run CMC. I would run Devo. I might even run Elijah Mitchell. Um, I would come right at them, like you said, especially to the left side. I think they're going to be extremely vulnerable over there. I think we have a huge mismatch. 
And I think uh, with their set of linebackers and DBs, if uh, McCaffrey gets a crease, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think the run game is going to be important. Or would you still run the ball into eight-man looks? Once again, that would um depending on how you're handling blocking the inter- the main four. Um, if you're handling those guys, then yes, because you can still run everything inside the tackle, inside the guard, and it's still the same box. Like yeah, you know the two inside backers and down guys. If um you're struggling with that, I wouldn't look to do it because if you're trying to go outside against the eight-man box, it's going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, the leverage changes a lot. Uh, then get those guys, especially a safety, to come up outside and make it a little bit more difficult. Now, 49ers have been a team that kicks guys out and runs underneath off tackle, so that might present itself against that particular defense. But I think Kyle's got to take what's there. If you've got a light box, uh, throw you know run the football. If you've got a heavy box, throw the football. Just make sure it's timely, accurate throws. And Brock Purdy's going to have to make sure he figures out when Spagnola is blitzing and when he's not. Uh, that will be a big part of this game because Spagnola can blitz from anywhere at any time, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of success with it. He'll bring five, six guys. It is a cool matchup because Brock Purdy's the best against the blitz in the entire league. And is that what you were going to say? Wow, that's fantastic. We're, we're great minds think alike, horse. I was going to say, oh, too bad we don't have the quarterback with the number one rating against the blitz. We do. Uh, and in a variety of ways, from touchdowns to completion percentage. I mean, he just is fantastic in all avenues. Yeah, um, I think blitzing him, you they might have some success with it early. But I think it'd be a mistake. Yeah. Hey, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way it goes. And, uh, I mean, they've, they've had some success, but also some struggles. Of course, let's flip it to the other side of the football. Uh, for the game plan, what would your defensive game plan be in stopping Patrick Mahomes and this uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense? Um, I think there's two keys stopping Mahomes. It's getting the receivers off rhythm, and it's getting pressure on him. You cannot allow him to stand back there cleanly and one, two, three throw. Yeah. He will kill you. So they need to get the receivers off their routes, bump them, push them, pull them, you know, things like that. And then they need to get pressure on Mahomes. Make him move his feet, make him unhappy, make him uncomfortable, um, hit him a little bit. Once he starts getting hit, he does struggle. Are you are you getting home with four? Or are you bringing extra extra players? The to goal would pressure? be to get home with four. I would have the blitz packages in, but I would only start using them if necessary. It would not be my number one game plan. Yeah, I mean, he can actually make some big-time plays now. They weren't very explosive this year on offense. The 49ers were actually the number one explosive team in the league. Uh, but anytime you have Patrick Mahomes, you still have the ability to have explosive offense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is you got you to gotta make him uncomfortable. Yeah, and let's, let's do your bold prediction, Horst. Uh, gotta be, it's it's got to be bold. It's, it's got to be whoa. I mean, should, should we play the music, Horst? Do we, do we need to get a wow, that's bold prediction? My, music? get me fired up. Let's go. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa. 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 It's gotta be really bold. It's gotta be whoa. What's your really whoa. bold prediction, Horst? That was <laughs> Um 
You know, my bold prediction I'm going to go with is that um, 49ers hold Travis Kelsey under 40 yards. Or Ooh, that was really bold. Whoa. Uh, that's, Im- that's impressive. I like that one, Horst. Uh, Jay in the Bay went with Nick Bosa was going to have two sacks and an interception for a touchdown. Uh, Warren went with the fact that he thinks that uh, uh, they're going to have Chase Young's going to have three sacks, and now you're coming with that. I love it, Horst. That'd be great. Let's get all the let's get all these things to happen. Chase Young had three sacks. Bosa had two touchdown on defense. Uh, I, I'm loving where this is going. And Horst game prediction Super Bowl. Who you got? I I know this isn't going to be Jay Hill worthy. Oh, I'm not a coward. <laughs> Weak willed men. <laughs> Our problem of mine. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a hard-fought game. I think in the end, Niners' physicality run game and physicality on defense is going to be a tad too much for Kansas City. I am taking the 49ers 31-23. Finish the quest for six. I love that. I love that score. Warren picked them to get 31 too, so... Uh, that would be the first time that a team has scored over 30 points on the Kansas City Chiefs all season. Happens in the Super Bowl. Why not, Horst? And Super Bowl MVP? They got him scoring 31 points. Is it going to be an offensive player? Super Bowl always. <laughs> Minus, unless you have like three interceptions in a game. Super Bowl MVP for this year's 49ers. Yeah, I, I, thanks for clarifying that. This year's 49ers. I'm going with my man. Oh, wow. I think Debo's going to have a touch in the air, touch on the ground. You know what I love about this horse is I've been on two different shows, not counting this one. And I picked Debo to be the MVP. Did you? Yeah, I did. So me and you are actually in the same category. We pulled the I'm saying Debo. about 150 total yards. I think about 150. Total yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. I love it. I think Debo's got a shot. I, I think he's going to be highly motivated for this. Uh, you don't go in the locker room and tell Kyle Shannon to give you the ball unless you want the ball. Um, so I love that, Horse. 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, so uh, great episode, Horst. Next week, we'll be back talking, hopefully, 49ers win in the Super Bowl, celebrating a celebratory You might episode. not see me next week. Yeah, yeah that's... All bets are off of them, but that's not going to happen. They're going to win. 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, if you're listening to audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. They're going to win this game. Yep. I guarantee Oh, I like that. You guarantee it. You know why? It's because they didn't hold anything back. I'm going into my Joe Namath quote back. I'll take it. I'll take it, horse. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always 49. There you go. Got to get that ring, horse. <laughs>